You're listening to episode number four of the Boys Built Better podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about surviving the summer with boys. Welcome to the Boys Built Better podcast. I'm Jessica, a mom of three boys who is just trying to do things better. I'm coming to you from Fort Collins, Colorado, where I live with my husband, our boys, and a whole lot of four-legged friends. I'm here to share my thoughts on raising boys in today's world, find answers to your parenting questions, and chat with experts about building happy, healthy boys. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. I'm Jessica, and we are going to be talking about summer today. I started my summer, my boys started their summer just before Memorial Day was the last day of school. I know some of you are probably not even out of school yet, but you might also have summer on the brain like I do. And I've got a couple of things going on for us this summer. Today, we're going to be talking about just surviving the summer, kind of some ideas for things to do, maybe some routines, how to make the best use of your time, and just thoughts on summer in general. And this is the first episode of what I am calling my summer survival series. We're going to be talking about summer all summer long. And we're really going to think about using summer to maybe work on some things because we have extended periods of time with our kids, or I do. I have a lot of time with my kids in the summer. So I want to maybe be thinking about things that we might be able to work on during the summer to have a more successful school year. And that is my goal this summer with Boys Built Better. So we're having this episode today, the summer survival episode. And then throughout the rest of the summer, we're going to have a summer survival series where we're going to be talking about tips and tricks for transitioning kids into different levels of school. So I have a five-year-old who is starting kindergarten. So I'm kind of thinking about what things can I do now to help him get ready and be more successful in kindergarten. And then I also happen to have a fifth grader who just finished and is going to sixth grade. So I'm also thinking about what is middle school like and who is my kid going to be or what things does he need to know before he goes to middle school? And I would love to take the time we have this summer to maybe work on some new skills that he might need as a middle schooler. So I am planning some episodes around transitioning to elementary school, transitioning to middle school. And for those of you that might even have somebody moving into high school, we're going to talk to parents who have done that and anything they wish they had known. So that is the plan for the summer with Boys Built Better. And once we finish up those episodes, we're really going to be getting close to that school time again, and we'll probably finish the summer series or um, Boys Build Better Summer with talking about specifically back to school and kind of making that transition. So I'm calling it my summer survival series, and it's all about surviving the summer, making it your best summer, and utilizing your summer to then have a great school year because we, as you know, are coming off a really hard school year. So I'm really thinking about what can I do with the time that I have now to make next year better. So I'm excited for all of those episodes and I hope that you will join me. Now, this episode is all about surviving the summer. And I want to start by talking about how I feel about summer because I 
used to think that I was the only one that felt this way about summer. And now I kind of think that maybe I'm not. And so I just want to put it out there that I don't really like summer very much. I mean, I like summer, right? That's silly. Who would say they don't like summer? I like sitting by the pool. I like going on vacation. I like when the weather's warm. I have this awesome new garden that I started and I love spending time out there. But to me, having all of the kids home, and this is really silly because I used to love summer so much because I was a teacher and so the summer was a time that I was off before I had kids ages ago. And now I sort of dread the summer because I feel like my kids function better with the routine of school. And I feel like the routine in general just gives a nice flow to our life. And when you take that away in the summer, it kind of freaks me out a little bit. And so I've always had this dread about summer And I find summer to be really hard. I do stay at home with my kids, and it is a lot of time for all of us to be together. Me with them, them with me, them with each other, and I just feel like by the end of the summer, I always feel so beat down. Like, I can't wait for school year to start because the summer is so hard, and it requires so much more effort than maybe the school year because that routine just makes everything so easy. And I used to keep this feeling to myself because I felt like I must be a really horrible mom because I don't like summer. And I remember, and I used to think, I used to think I was really horrible because the last few days of school waiting to pick up my kids, I would be chatting with other moms and they'd say, oh, I know summer's coming. Aren't you so excited? And I would say, oh, yeah, I'm so excited. But in my head, I would think, no, I'm not excited. Summer is such hard work. It's hard for me to get excited about it. So the first thing I want to say on the summer survival episode is however you feel about summer is cool. If you love summer, that's cool. If you hate summer, that's cool too. If you have a love-hate relationship with summer, like I do, that's cool. So I just want to put that out there that no matter how summer makes you feel, it's okay. Because I think I've learned that over time that some people love summer and find all the extra time and the extra snuggles with their kids really awesome. And then other people like me find it really hard because their kids are fighting with each other and there's a lot more of that. And it's exhausting. So starting off, however you feel, it's okay. Because summer makes me nervous, a few weeks before summer starts, I generally scour Pinterest for ideas on how to manage my kids during the summer, how to give them things to do. I, my oldest loves video games. If it, if he were left to his own devices, he would play for 12 hours a day every day during the summer, and I do want him to be doing other things. So I usually start looking for some sort of management system in the summer, and I love it because I do, do to get your kids on board to keep them on track somehow. Now, my system, I actually wrote a blog post about it. I'll put it in the show notes. This year, I'm using a planner system, and I'm doing that because my oldest is going to middle school. He's going to have to use a planner. He actually has had to use a planner. He had to use one in fifth grade, but he doesn't love it, and he doesn't really see that it's a helpful tool. So this year, my organization system involves planners for my two oldest kids, my nine-year-old and my 11-year-old, 
We sit down on Mondays and they write in their planner and they have daily tasks that they have to write on every day. And then I have a list of weekly tasks and they get to decide. And this was the whole idea around the planner is that they had some control over when they got to do the things I wanted them to do. So there's daily things they have to do every day, like read, play outside, um, and some chores. And then there's weekly lists. They get sent home a homework packet, which I'll actually talk about in a little bit. Um, So they have to do five homework pages, and I don't really care when they do them. They can do one a day. They can sit down and do five. So that's under their weekly that they have to complete five homework pages, and they need to do their laundry, and they need to clean their room. They could do all of those tasks on one day and get it all over with, or they could spread it out through the week. And so far it's working. We're on our second week. (laughs) and I'm, I'm, I like it because it doesn't require a lot of room. It's sort of all within this planner. If you, again, I have a blog post about it, so you can check out what we're doing uh, this summer to stay organized and stay on a plan. Now, now I'm telling you that I'm doing that for my nine-year-old and my 11-year-old, and right now my five-year-old's kind of a disaster, and all he wants to do is play video games and watch TV. So I need to come up with something to keep him on track if I come up with something good. Or if you have something good, hey, send me a comment about it because I need a little help with my five-year-old or if I come up with something good, then I'll, um, I'll write a blog post about it and let you guys know what I'm doing with him. But in years past, and I'm going to try and find, uh, the specific blogs that I used in years past, I had different organizational systems in years past as well. Um, a couple years ago, I had a checklist that I posted, and it was a bunch of things that you are required to do before you use technology, before you played a video game, before you used TV. You had to do a homework, you had to do a chore, you had to play outside, you had to create something, you had to play a game. So we did that one summer, and that was just posted for everybody to see, and it was really a list of daily to-dos. And then last year... I have this super awesome system that I found on Pinterest. And again, I'll put the link to it in the show notes if I can find it again. And that was mom bucks. And I had a little poster again and any job that you did, even, and I say job loosely, like if you read 20 minutes a day, or if you did a chore, or if you played outside, you would earn mom bucks for the different things that you did. And you could then turn those mom bucks into a special dessert or you could trade them in for tv time or you could pay for video game time and that was a system that i used last year which was also great and my kids were really on board with it i think whatever system you come up with for yourself for the summer and if and maybe you don't even need a system i need a system because i need something to make me feel like i've got everything under control um or at least, and I need something for my kids, like some buy-in for my kids to just get them to do the routine things. That's just kind of how we work over here. But whatever system you choose, and again, like I said, with my five-year-old, if you find an, any system that seems to work with you during the summer, hey, sh- let me know. We had, uh, on the Facebook page, I got a message from one of our readers. And if you haven't checked it out, you can go check out Voice But Better on Facebook and like us over there. I, I let you know on Facebook if we have uh, a new blog post or if I find an interesting article or if I've got a new uh, podcast episode. 
but I had a listener, Gabby Deny, said that her family tries to follow a similar routine as we do during the school year so that they're prepared come August. So kind of trying to keep, it sounds like her organizational system is just trying to keep the similar structure to the school year so nothing really changes, um, which also sounds like a great idea. I think no matter what you choose, follow through is key. So find something that's going to work for you and that you'll be able to stick with throughout the summer so everybody knows the drill. So tip number one, surviving the summer, have some sort of plan. My second surviving the summer tip, and you can blame it on me when your kids hate you, is do something to keep up with academics. I noticed based on some standardized testing that my son, my third grader did last year, that he really did experience that drop in what he retained over last summer. And I know the teachers always tell you that, right? Like you need to read. But for us, he was reading at a specific level when he left second grade. And when he started third grade, he was reading at a lower level. And it was because we just didn't keep up we did the bare bones in terms of academics. So a tip to getting through the summer and making a more successful school year is see if you can get your kids to buy into doing something to keep up with academics. Now, we are really lucky. My kids go to the charter school in town that sends a packet home. Pretty simple packet, actually. It's mostly just math facts. And he had a very similar packet last year. And because the math facts seem so easy to him, this is a story about why I'm working really hard on keeping up with academics this year. He decided last year, this was before third grade, that he would hold off on the math facts because they were so easy for him. And he was doing the other pages that he had been sent. There were some on place value. There was just various math facts. I think there was some on measurement. And he saved all these math facts to the end of the summer. And they wound up being so hard for him because he had gotten out of the routine of doing math facts and then found all of that computation really difficult. And it took him so much more time because he had to remember them. So something like simple math facts practice, or if you don't even want to do much else, you could find, and I'll see if I can find um, some something really simple and maybe easy if you wanted to buy something. But you could, I mean, we're really talking about like addition and subtraction. You could write your own pages, but even just having your kids do a minute math fact sheet would be a great, quick way to help them retain information and start next school year strong. You could also, of course, buy those summer workbooks. They have workbooks designed specifically to transition, but uh, even just keeping it simple. So just doing math facts and maybe just reading. That's the other thing that we're really working hard on. I've been lax about that in the past. I have one kid who loves to read and he will read every night before bed. I have another kid or my other two kids, my younger kids would still rather just play and aren't really reading independently for pleasure. And so getting them to read can sometimes be tedious. They're both fine. Well, I say they're both fine readers. My kindergartner has yet to really learn, but he's happy to look at books. But my nine-year-old's great at reading. He's reading um, appropriately, but he doesn't find a whole lot of pleasure in it. And so sometimes I don't push. And this summer, the additional focus, my focus is to 
continue to keep up with that reading just a little bit. So for especially those of you with reluctant readers out there, it's it's worth the push just to kind of keep up because just a little bit of work every week will make your their lives easier starting school. And the other idea I had, still part of tip two, to kind of keep up with a little bit of academics is I have a neighbor who was talking about this, and I thought it was a great idea. The school that my kids go to um, still teach handwriting. They teach um, almost to a fault because they they grade it, and it's really um, your handwriting's really really judged, and it's really can be tedious to learn. But my kids did have specific handwriting instruction. They had instruction in printing and they have instruction in cursive. And part of the packet, they get these math packets sent home, but they get handwriting packets sent home as well. And they are required to practice their handwriting over the summer. But I was chatting with my neighbor um, and she said that her goal, her, her kids go to a different school and they haven't been taught handwriting and they specifically haven't been taught um, cursive. And her goal is to work on that with her kids this summer. And I thought that that would really be maybe a cool thing to work on. It doesn't require a whole lot of skill to teach. Most of the books that you would find that teach handwriting give you the way to make each specific letter. So you could really help facilitate that as a parent. But I thought that was a really great idea that if your kids hadn't received handwriting instruction in the school, then this summer might be a really fun time to work on it. And I say fun loosely. I think different kids have different feelings about handwriting. I also read something recently where handwriting might be more difficult for kids with attention disorder. So depending on what your kids are like, a handwriting could be fun or could be total torture. But I thought that might be a really great thing that you could pick up during the summer that's not a focus during the school year, but might be a benefit to your kids. My third Summer tip is to find some things to do. And this one, this is a huge, broad topic. And first of all, I want to say that I feel like the summer is really expensive. And I do some budgeting for my family, and I try and save a little aside each month for bills that come up. For example, we pay our car insurance every six months. So every month I put a little bit of money in this savings account to have set aside when our car insurance bill comes up. And I do that for a lot of different things. I do it for my gym membership. I do it for my kids' parties. And I realized that I don't do that for the summer. And I really felt like I should start doing that. So next year I'm going to do that and put a little money aside for the summer because the summer, no matter no matter what you are doing, if you're if you're a, a working parent and you've got to put your summer your kids in camps all day long, if you are a non-working parent and you want to pay for kids to go to some camp so you ha- can go to the grocery store alone, or or need to find things to do, the summer first and foremost is really expensive. So, you know, if you can plan ahead next year, I'm going to plan ahead and try and set aside some money so that I have summer camp money ahead of the game. Um, So that's the first part is that summer can be really expensive. So I'm going to come up, I'm going to, I have some ideas for things to do and I'm trying to keep them on the low cost end, but we are definitely doing some camps. My third tip, I hit the microphone. My third tip to surviving the summer is to find some stuff to do. And this one, I, the summer can be so expensive. And so I've got a list here of things that are 
of actual activities that really don't cost much. But I, I will say I do this budgeting for my family where I put money aside for bigger bills that come up. So, for example, uh, we pay our auto insurance every six months. So I put a little bit of money aside every month so that when that six months comes up, I have that money ready to go to pay that bill. And I do this for a bunch of different things. I do it for my gym membership and I do it for kids parties. I do it for Christmas and I don't do it for the summer or I never have. And I was paying for camps because that's one of the things that I like to do in the summer with my kids is send them to camp. And I was paying for camps and shelling out all this money thinking, oh my gosh, how come I haven't put aside a little summer fund? So I'm, I'm saying that because I'm going to put that on my list for next year so that I have a little money extra set aside for this time of the year where it just seems like we're doing so much more consistently. I feel that way about winter vacation too, where we're going to the movies or we're going to the trampoline park because we, I live in Colorado, so it's often cold. Um, so I, I need to put both Christmas vacation and summer on my list to kind of stash a little money away. But I have a, a list of a couple of activities. I've been trying to come up with activities to keep my kids busy. Now, we do definitely do some camps. I strategically try and place camps throughout the summer so nobody gets sick of doing camps and nobody gets sick of being home or, you know, every other week you have a week away at a, um, we're doing, let's see, what camps are we doing this summer? We're doing sports camp, karate camp. I'm thinking about all my three kids, so climbing camp, um, some acting camp. So we've got, and even some days, uh, we we have this great farm north of the city here that does. They're actually heading out to a day tomorrow. They do some great days where you don't, you might not go the whole week, but you can do a day of activities. So we are doing a lot of camps. That's one of the things that we're doing. Uh, and the other thing that we're doing, I already talked about, we're talking about that planner. That planner is kind of keeping my kids on task with daily to-dos. But the other thing that I like to find, and I wrote a blog post about this. I even talked about it, I think, in the – was it my very first episode? was something that I, we were doing. We've been doing a lot of perler beads, and I'll, I'll put a link to that blog in the show notes. I like to come up with – I seem to have the house where a, a bunch of kids gravitate to. I, mean, I think they spend time in every house. But when they're at my house, I like to have something to do. Pretty low cost because, like I said, summer's expensive, especially if you're doing an art project for the neighborhood. But something that's open-ended and can keep the kids busy for a long time. So we spent two summers before doing perler beads um, uh, and I'll, I'll link to that so you can see some pictures of the stuff that we made. I wrote a blog post about it. And and having a perler bead store, my kids are super big on to stores. So if you live in a neighborhood where that might work, the lemonade store stand or anything really. My Our kids have sold – our neighborhood kids have sold so much stuff on the street. They've sold art on the street. They've sold a lemonade on the street. They've had a popsicle stand. I think our neighbors even did a donut stand one morning, which was really popular. So – uh, the art stand is definitely, or the any sort of stand is definitely popular in this neighborhood. But we did one summer work on perler beads all summer. And they're these little fusible art beads where you can create a small picture out of these plastic beads. And you can get a bunch of beads. You can get one big bucket of beads. And I had neighbors around all corners of my table making perler bead projects. Uh, so that was a really great summer project. 
And I, I wrote about it because they had picked up the perler weeds again. And I think they're even planning a store for this weekend. They're, they're planning to do more perler bead projects this week. So perler beads is a great thing that you can get your kids doing pretty low cost. Um, a lot of the supplies that you buy for that are reusable. We recently, and again, I, I do really prep for summer because it makes me so nervous. So I took all three of my kids to Michael's. My husband's out of town. So we all went to Michael's. And um, uh, again, I'm trying to figure out what we can do that I can get a lot of people do for relatively low cost. And we found a great book and I'll, I'll link to the book that we bought on painting rocks. So at my house this summer, this year is going to be the year of the painted rock because I bought some brushes. I bought a little starter set of paint, acrylic paint, and some Mod Podge, uh, which is, uh, if you don't know what it is, uh, is a varnish that you can paint. And we have this sweet little book and it has some great ideas. But we live in a neighbor. Well, first of all, half of my yard is landscaped with rocks. And I have this vision that I, I'm going to have no rocks by the end of the summer because they're just going to be all painted. But we also live in a neighborhood that's still being finished. And there's a bunch of rocks across the street. So to me, now that I've bought the paint and the brush and this one book of ideas, um, the that is a pretty low-cost project because the rocks aren't just going to be found and I'm, I'm hoping to get everybody on board with painting rocks this summer, and, and I have supplies for the whole neighborhood. We also recently bought some clay at Michael's, which can be really fun, too. We bought a starter pack of Sculpey clay, which is a baked clay, and you can make um, what my son was making Beyblades out of clay. Beyblades are a top. Um, so clay might be a great idea if you're looking for something to do. That one requires a little bit more supervision than the painting rocks and even the perler beads. And then the other idea that I had, and this costs nothing other than your maybe your cable bill, is coming up with a family show. We started watching America's Got Talent, and it, it was on, I think it's on at 7 o'clock here on Tuesdays. Uh, my youngest gets put to bed, and... The 11-year-old and the 9-year-old and my husband and I have been watching or started watching America's Got Talent. So we're trying to come up with some routine. So that'll be our Tuesday night thing that we do. So um, it's and we've never really done that before. I, I guess I'm late to the party on America's Got Talent. I've always seen the videos of like excellent people the day after or my kids will show them. But we're, we're trying to actually sit down and watch something together as a family and, and create some routines, which I think is also going to help us get through the summer. Another routine is that we have been playing with this Frisbee, this Frisbee game. It's, it's, uh, it actually, it, it's, oh, I can't, it's called Ogo Sport, I think. And it's, uh, there are two Frisbees and a little koosh ball and you can, um, they're like mini trampolines. You kind of like hit this ball back and forth, but it, it makes a great Frisbee, I think, and it's really easy to catch and really easy to throw. And so we've been actually playing Frisbee with it out front. And my nine-year-old and I were talking about it. We'd had a really a couple enjoyable nights or kind of dusky evenings when friends might be gone. And it's that lazy summer night where it's kind of dark, but it's still light enough to play. And we decided we are going to play Frisbee outside. Our goal is three times a week. And I'm, I'm hoping that that those little routines of having 
uh, a routine on a Tuesday night or a routine where you have to, you're, you don't have to, but you're, you have something to do as a family outside is really great because my kids tend to fight with each other a lot in the summer. Well, they tend to fight with each other a lot anyway, but in the summer when you're together all the time, that's when the bickering starts and we're working on a few little routines to maybe get them working together and hopefully they'll come out of the summer better than they came in. That's it. Those are my tips for surviving the summer. Have a plan, something that's going to manage your kids. Try and keep up with the academics a little bit and then find some great things to do. And I would love your help. If you have a favorite activity or a great organizational plan, or even maybe a great tip on how to keep up with academics, please share with me. I will, if you're listening to this on a podcast player, you can check out the website, www.boysbuiltbetter, and check out this blog post for this specific podcast and leave a comment for me and for everybody else listening about your own survival tips for the summer. I feel like we can all help each other out and get through it together. That's it. Join us next time when we talk about transitioning to elementary school and get some great tips on things you can be working on this summer to give your kindergartner a really successful start. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. It's going to help other people find it. If you want to check out any other information, visit us at www.boysbuiltbetter.com. See you next time.